when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I am uber excited. I have a great repeat guest. His name is Mike Verrett with Verrett and Associates. You know what's cool about the associates part? He helps you associate with new people. And that's what we're going to be talking about today in our series about starting next year off strong. One of the things I think is going to be much, much more important is getting out and meeting people. But when you meet new people, what happens? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So, Mike, how the heck are you, dude? Brian, I am tickled silly to be back on with you. I am doing just fine here in Rhode Island and uh, weathering, the, get, bracing for winter, put it that yes. way. But I was very excited to hear about the new series you're doing. And I'm really intrigued with the concept of, you know, your end of year checklist to go into the new year the right way. Mm-hmm. Very sharp. Thank you. Well, in, in the podcast that I did before this one, I was talking about five free tools that people should use that they probably don't use as well. One was, you know, the calendar, how to how to book your time out. Number two was the contacts. Number three was your maps. Number four, I don't remember what all of them were, but you can just go listen to the Bacon Podcast and find that or check it out on b2b-im.com. But the bottom line is all of these tools are available at our fingertips if we use them. You know, but one of, the, I think, the most important tools is going to be face-to-face meetings. In the last piece, when I was talking about you know, getting together and doing meetings, I said, go to a new coffee shop, meet some new people, get out and do stuff. Because I think people are starting to feel comfortable enough to do that. Do you agree? Uh, I agree 100%. I think what we've seen is sort of three phases of the shift over those three years of the pandemic. You have the paralysis where everyone was used to networking in person. And even my business was I would work in Boston, Providence, and New York, where I could drive to, right? When that happened and all that came to a halt, we went through a state of paralysis. What do we do next? Then all of a sudden, the wonders of Zoom showed up in, you know, or, or video that was used to be used just as um, uh, video conferencing in offices is now what we're using to communicate during the pandemic. And that kind of shattered geographic borders. But you also have the human element of, you know, people in work, they are resigning because the dynamics of the office have changed. You can't go in, but now there's work from home policies, but more importantly, they can work from anywhere in a remote world. So you had all these sort of forces that came from the pandemic or had influence after the pandemic that linger on today. Okay. Now we're going back into a world where, yes, we're going to be back in person and it's going to feel good to shake hands and see human beings again. Absolutely. But keeping in mind that the old way of doing it doesn't necessarily work anymore for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One I already stated is Zoom. Um, we've, we've become a Zoom communications culture in business because that's what we were able to do for two years. And it's carried on because of the advantages it afforded us. Think of have to drive half an hour to go to a half hour meeting and then drive half an hour back 
And in that time, you could meet with three different people from around the world on Zoom. So people became accustomed to that way of doing things. The second one is people are doing new things. A lot of people made significant changes during or because of the pandemic. And ultimately, what that means is when you're going out and talking to people, they have fundamentally changed. Let's say it's someone you saw in 2020, March, and now you're going to see them for the first time again in March of 2023. Chances are there's a whole lot more going on with them now, or they've learned new stuff or adapted to new things. So it's important to understand that the old way doesn't necessarily work. And there's kind of a new paradigm to all of this. And it's a numbers game. Meaning, you meet so many people in a networking event, whether it's on Zoom or in person. But what became really clear when we were networking constantly on Zoom is we had this focus with people where we could meet with 100 people a day if it was three groups and some individual meetings, but we're only going to remember a certain number of them. Meaning, you go to a pub for a networking event and there's the same 25 people there all the time. That's easy to manage and build relationships. But if you're talking to 25 new people a week and that's happening every week and not just based on one event, what you start to notice is the people that do it right, that they grab your attention and want you you want to, I should say, know more based on how they engage you. And that's what we've all become hyper aware of is we've seen it all now. We've talked to so many people. When we get back to in-person, we're bringing some of that baggage with us. So imagine a conversation that you would have had with someone pre-pandemic that went one way. Now it's going to be, you know, hurry up and get to your point. I can't give you the same time I used to give you. And it fundamentally changes how we have to present ourselves in those opportunities. So that's kind of what I've seen over the last three years and the impact that it has going into 2023. And I 100% concur with you. I think one of the things that um, is most important for people to pay attention to is the fact that we're going to be meeting a lot of new people. And that is going to cause us to have to slow down and communicate better. I mean, and and take more time with each one of those people. So we, it's not like the old days when we were networking where you could buzz a room in an hour. You know, now you're going to have to pick five or six people and spend more time with them. And so I think that's part of it. And a lot of the things you touched on are things that I talked about. Is when you meet somebody new, you know, is somebody handing you a business card? What do you do with it? Take a picture of it. You know, add notes to it. Whatever you can do. But even that unto itself is not enough to know, is this somebody that I can provide value to or can provide value to me? So I think taking the time and then jotting down notes is so uber important. Don't you agree? I agree completely. But I would also say, I mean, it's a, it's a question of, it used to be, here's my card, call me. And now it's about why would I call you? Mm -hmm. Um, it's not this instant, yeah, let's connect and have a conversation and do business together anymore. Right. Now there's this qualifier in the audience's head because they've had to put on a different filter. Mm -hmm. And the new people thing in person is absolutely spot on because think about how many people are going to rush back to see like pressing flesh, shaking hands, kissing babies is what is missing from so many of us in the business world. <laughs> yes. So you have those forces, but now it's a far more critical audience a more informed audience. 
they understand what they're looking for or listening for now. So just getting a stack of business cards at an event means nothing to them. Mm -hmm. Imagine getting a business card from all 40 people on a Zoom networking call. Um, You're only going to remember three out of those 40 people. Three will stand out. But it's gone from a business card transaction to a business conversation relationship that you start. Yep. You've got to meet them in the middle. You've got to have a productive conversation with them. And that's far from here's my sales pitch and here's my business card. Right. So that breaks down, you know, the whole problem and what I call the perceived problem, right? Yep. It's different. What is the real problem? You know, what is what's the real issue that we need to face in order to solve this? The real issue from where I sit, Brian, it doesn't matter if it's in person or online or in email, but the real issue is how our audience perceives things now as a more qualified, more, um, you know, they're going to they're gonna push a little harder to make sure it's the right connection, not just a connection, right? And what they're looking for is just what any of us would be looking for. We're going out there from our perspective saying, this is my product, my service, my solution for the problem. But what they're looking for is, do you understand what motivates me to work, to need what you do? And a very simple example of that is if a PR firm says, we write PR, we are a PR firm and we write press releases for companies and get them into newspapers. Mm-hmm. That's functionally what you do, but that happens to sound a lot like what most networking pitches start with. Right. What do you do? I'm in PR and these are the clients I work with and this is the exact thing we do. The dynamic changes considerably if I say I make news when it matters. Because at that first handshake, that first engagement, oh, nice to meet you, Mike, what do you do? If I say I'm in PR and I do this and these are my clients, that there's no further conversation happening. It's a transaction that they buy or don't buy. Right. But if I introduce the idea of connection to them and get them intrigued, what I'm actually saying is the core motivation of any business that needs a PR firm. Our news has to matter. It has to have impact. It can't land on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. So if that's the connection point, I could start that conversation and say, I make news when it matters. And the expected response is, huh, what do you mean by that? Tell me more. That tell me more effect is the most important thing in networking, especially face-to-face. It works the same way as, wow, great weather we're having, huh? Or, wow, you went to this university. Did you know this person or this person or this person? Those are human ways of trying to start a conversation. We're looking for a point of connection to ease into a conversation. Otherwise, it comes out as a transactional pitch. Right. So understanding the connection point, relating to the challenge, and solving it simply are the first three things that I want to come out of my mouth if I'm in a networking. So the bottom line is what you're saying is that the solution is to redefine the way you describe your business in a way that's going to give two things. Number one, be interesting. But number two, be more them focused. And so they want to learn more or they at least want to connect with you and find out, you know, maybe there's people that you know that could be of interest to them, you know. So you're, yes. you're looking to create a relationship. You're not looking to sell a product or service. To simplify it, you're looking to start a conversation. That's how every relationship starts. So even get it down to the starting point of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like pickup lines exist for a reason. The idea of them, you know, 
how do you get a conversation going, which leads to a relationship? In that conversation, you can figure out that you're incompatible right. and it shouldn't be a relationship. But the key is going from that transactional sort of, here's my pitch, to how do you go from that presentation to conversation effect? Because that's what nurtures the relationship. That's what furthers the discussion. And that's what makes you stand out as different. Right. Okay. So let's start to define the steps. What do people need to do in order to redefine what it is they're going to say? So step one is that forming that connection, that first three to five seconds. And what I'm talking about, Brian, you can experience yourself. If you scroll social media on your phone and your thumb is moving, when your thumb stops, that's the effect I'm talking about. Something caught your attention and you wanted to know more. That's what we're trying to create first. And the key is to understand why they need something, not their need state, how they got there. That's what I call motivation. I need a new computer. Why? Mine isn't working right. Why? Because the chip isn't fast enough. Why? Well, I do all this, I do all this production and it can't keep up. I do this data processing and it can't keep up. Now, just by doing that, I understand that you need a new computer because the one you have can't keep up with your high-paced work. That's the connection. That's your motivation because mm -hmm. I took the time to ask why. That's the first thing. And then that's step one. Step That's simply tell me more. I'm here. You caught my attention. Now you have to make sure they know they're in the right place. Step two is relating to their challenge. Your computer has slowed way down over time. You love it to death, but at some point, 10 years is too long. Technology has evolved too fast, and you've, you've seen the problem with that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm experiencing. So how do you help me? Step three, step from M1 to M2. It's time to get more out of what you do. That's, a, that's the solution. So I've got you to stop, recognized and related your problem back to you and offered you the solution. And I haven't given you any detail on anything yet. You don't even know about the new, you know, it's time to step up your chip. You don't even know about that part yet, but I've spoken to exactly what you want by doing those three things first. Connect, then relate the challenge so they know they're in the right place, and then give them a simple solution. Think of it as a, a solution and a sentence. If those are the first three things they see on your website, they keep reading. It's certainly going to keep their attention if you meet them in a networking event. And uh, so over the course of time, one of the things that you taught me is how to reinvent my own, how I meet people and, and what basically my tagline is. And my tagline is I bridge the gap between marketing and sales. Yep. And so that right there, you know, lets them know if they're in marketing or they're sales, I offer them something. And what does bridge the gap mean? Right. And you recognize the common challenge that so many businesses have of translating between marketing and sales and getting them on the right page, the right script, the right tempo. Right. Yep. And that, and essentially what I'm saying, and then, you know, when you dig into it deeper, really, what is the problem that we solve? I mean, if I was to, you know, get down into business speak, 
is, you know, we create, you know, systems that allocate resources in a more productive way. No, nobody <laughs> wants to hear that crap. What I basically say is the bottom line is, is, you know, we help your salespeople have better conversations with your current and past customers. Yeah. And that are on the same track, the same line mm -hmm. as marketing. You're work, you're truly working together if you can get over that hump. So, right. and if I remember correctly, Brian, when we first started talking about your business mm -hmm. and I asked you how you like at an event like this, you actually asked them what they do. Mm -hmm. You go right back and ask them a question. Yep. And in this way, what you're doing is getting them to ask the next question. Mm -hmm. They start to guide the conversation instead of responding to the conversation. Exactly. And that, that is most important because what you can decipher with that. So somebody says, what do you do? Um, I bridge a gap between marketing and sales. How about yourself? What do you do? You know, A, they think and stop and think about what I do, but they already have context of who I am, yeah. right? And then yep. they can respond back with something that is either within the realm of that, or they can realize immediately, hey, I'm a competitor, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, uh, I fix shoes. Uh, I don't need this, you know, whatever it is, but they're going to respond differently to when you ask them what they do, because then yep. you can go down that road. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the PR company and the plumber, we've gone down that road in a couple mm -hmm. of other podcasts. And it's like you, you, by getting them engaged and talking about themselves, you can better target your responses to their needs. And also it could be that you immediately figure out we're never going to do business together, but this person has something to offer somebody else. So now I can still be a resource to them. Well, and it's crystal clear what they would go and say to someone else. You should meet this guy, Brian. He's got mm -hmm. what you need. He bridges the gap between marketing and sales. It sounds like that's what you're looking for. Right. And even if you, they start with, what do you do? If you pose it the way you just did and pause a second, you don't even have to ask them what they do because what they're going to say is, oh, what do you mean bridge the gap? Right. And it keeps them asking the questions. So it's them acquiring information, not listening or receiving information. And that's the difference. Like they're out to get it when they're asking the questions, but you've set yourself up perfectly for the, what do you mean? What gap? What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. What they need is one solution that leverages their past customer to have effective conversations. Mm -hmm. You've just hit the first three floors of my elevator perfectly. So go through those three floors again. One, two, three. Sure. What do people need the to do? The first one is to connect. Stop the scroll feeling, right? Like, oh, I got to look. I got to click on this and wait a minute and digest more because it caught my attention. That's connection. And that's about their motivation for what they need. Step two is relating to the challenge. I've got your attention. Now I'm going to say, let me guess. You're here because you're experiencing this. Yep. I'm in the right place. That's how their mind works. Third, well, let me introduce you to this solution. Simply stated, not over detailed. It's not your services. You've established the connection point, showed them what their problem is. Now just state the solution. Mm -hmm. Those are the first three steps. And that totally makes sense. So give me a, an example or outcome that you're you know, just blown away by or proud of. I had one today where I, I met a gentleman in Croatia and we had the review of the work today. Um, and his business relates to finding a job or hiring for a job. 
And what he's created is a brilliant platform of taking subjectivity out of the hiring process and creating these profiles that focus their skills based. The companies that shop here, let's say for talent, are getting exactly what they need to fill a spot in their organization. So it works from both sides, organization and job seeker. And where we netted out was focusing on that objectivity, but we had to distill that down to the idea that the the resume system is broken and get people aligned on the fact that the way it works is you spend all this time as a seeker putting your story together And as an employer, you're making decisions based on the first sentence. You're never seeing what their actual value is to your organization. They may get passed by because you're subjectively absorbing the information. And getting that aligned with the idea of a resume system is broken. The way it works has always been broken. And it's almost like a matchmaking service between the optimal job seeker and employer And this is a highly effective pool of candidates who present themselves the right way, skills first, value first, that takes the subjectivity out of it for the employers. Then we have to branch that off and have one side that talked only to the job seeker and one side that talked only to the hire, the employer. So it was a complex way to explain one coin and then how both sides of that coin work. But the truth is the audience only needs to know 5% of your story, right. not 100. And finding that 5% is what is hard. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this numerous times. It's the with them. You know, when you're meeting somebody, they're always interested in what's in it for them. Of course. And that's human nature is what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the key thing is, is I'm about to go do this tonight. You know, no, I'm in a new location. I'm in Raleigh. I'm mm-hmm. meeting new people. I'm building a new network. You know, I have still have the network back in Chicago, but. But I mean, you, that's a perfect example. You geographically moved yes. a long way during the pandemic and your experience in going back to networking is going to be totally different. Yep. And it's exactly that. It's like, you know, I, I met one person on the podcast and I said, you know, I'm into golf. I'm into golf. Let's go golfing. Okay. So we went golfing. We got to spend, you know, almost four hours together discussing life, discussing where I live, Raleigh, all this stuff. And in the middle of it, I said, you know, so now that you better understand me, I understand you, you know, let me figure out how I can help you and maybe get you connected with a few people and vice versa. Is there anybody here I should know? And he said immediately, yes, you need to know this guy. Yeah. So he did a connection. We sat down, had a coffee and it was easy for me to go in and say, you know, this is what I do. I bridge a gap between marketing and sales. He goes, Oh my God, I work with associations. They're all terrible at that. It's like, yeah, I'm not here to sell you anything. He said, no, no, no. But here's a couple of people I think you need to meet. And so, you know, the key thing is you, you go in, you tell them what you do, you provide value, you offer them something, you know, and then let them reciprocate. And the next thing you know, that network is starting to grow very quickly because it's exponential you know one guy introduces you to two two people introduce you to four it's like the old shampoo commercial you know yeah but i mean it comes down to it's not about leverage it's about longevity right right? leverage is getting a transaction done longevity is the relationship side of it how long do you maintain a relationship and it's a good profitable both ways you know two-way street relationship that's going to last a lot longer than oh that guy you sold me something 
Right. And, and most of my business comes from people that I met five, 10 years ago that all of a sudden said, oh my God, I'm still paying attention to this guy. I still see his stuff online. He, what he's saying is resonating with me or resonates with this other person's problem. Let me make a connection. So, you know, the bottom line in business is people are looking for transactions, but really what you should look for is transformation a relationship that is mutually beneficial that may take some time to develop. Yep. That that's the new paradigm without a doubt. So that's everybody's challenge in 2023 is to start looking at it from a different perspective and start doing some of the things that Mike said. So as usual, my friend, you blew me away. And what I'd like to do is let people get to know you better and follow your awesome LinkedIn posts and a few other things that you do on a regular basis. So how is the best way for them to get in touch with you? The easiest thing to do is find me on LinkedIn, Mike Verrett, V-E-R-R-E-T. And right below my name and profile, you'll see a build your pitch here button. Click that and we can talk directly. Excellent. Well, once again, man, you came on, dropped some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps, and I appreciate you so much. I look forward to the next opportunity to chat. I thoroughly enjoy our biannual conversations, my friend. Great to catch up, and uh, I will see you very soon. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.